Hi, I'm Lori, and I want to welcome you to the Awakening Moments podcast. And I'm Rhonda. Lori and I are pastors here in Ottawa, Canada, and we're both wives, moms, and most importantly, daughters and servants of God. And it's our hope and prayer that you would have awakening moments with us as we wrestle through the hard things in life. Lori and I love that we can share our lives with you, so grab your tea or coffee and let's awaken our hearts together. Hi, Lore. Hi. How are you? I'm great. Yeah? You yeah. doing well today? I'm doing really well today. That's good. It's an exciting day today. I know. We have Big a guest in the studio. I know. <laughs> we're so excited. I don't know when to come in and introduce myself, but hi, I'm <laughs> Hannah. Hey, we're so excited to have you, Hannah Richter. Here well, happy for to be a here. podcast. I like your new today. setup. I really, I like that Thank we all make you. eye contact now. It's a little I know, bit it's so um, nice. disarming, but that's fine. <laughs> I know. Eh? Yeah, you were here at one point. What, what, what do you call it? Uh, the Awakening Moments podcast uh, 1.0. Uh, yeah, we, oh, we were all, line. yeah, we sat in a line around. It's super huddled. Yeah, really like, close yeah. to like yeah. bad breath sandwich. Fully yeah. happening. Actually, though, after a day of eating food. <laughs> yes, it's true. It's true. We've got a much more official setup now. We're so happy to have you yes, here to chat legit. with us today. Happy to be here. So good. So good. All right. I want to start with a question this morning that I'm just going to throw on all of you guys. I didn't prepare you for or anything, but what is one thing you're thankful for? What's one thing you're thankful for right now? Just something that, you know, you could say, hey, this is amazing. And I'm so thankful for this. There's so much. I know. I know. Right. Oh, I know this podcasting session so early that I didn't do my gratitude journaling, so I'm unprepared. (laughs) (laughs) Rhonda? What's one thing you're thankful for in this season? It doesn't have to be just right now in this moment, but what's one thing you're thankful for in this season? You know, in this season, I would say health. Yeah. To be able to do what I can do full-heartedly and all in. Mm. Because you do need just having the health of your body. So I'm yeah. very grateful for health. Yeah. I was thinking of the first thing. There you go. And you can't take that for granted. Eh? No, can't oh, take it for granted. That's beautiful. I think one thing I'm super thankful for in this season is just the way that God is moving. Mm-hmm. The way that God is moving. The way that he's speaking. The way yeah. that he's moving. And I don't take that for granted either. You know, we've been through a lot of seasons in faith and they're not all like this one, but this Mm -hmm. one just seems to have something so special about it. And yeah, I'm so grateful for it. That's amazing. I think on that note, one thing that God's been doing in this crazy cool move has just been uh, revealing his tenderness and his like kindness to me and just a sense of like how he actually wants to bless us because I was very... I get God in the hard seasons when like his blessing is like hope and joy and peace to like endure. But when he just literally wants to just bless you with things because of his love, I'm like, that's weird. Like, how do I, how do I make up for this? How do I earn this? But it's just been a really cool season of literally him just placing things on my lap just because he loves me. And it's such a very hard thing for me to like actually accept. But when I look at scripture, I'm like, no, this is the God we serve. So that's something I'm really grateful for, just how he teaches us and mm. just his tenderness. So the end. Ah, so beautiful. So beautiful. Well, why don't you introduce yourself? 
why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? What do you do here uh, at Life Center? And yeah, what, what's your life like? Sure. What's my life like? Well, yeah. hello, hi. If you know anything about the Enneagram, I'm a type four. It's very important. I am all feelings, um, zero logic. No, I'm just kidding. I've learned logic. <laughs> I've had to. Also, be crying all the time. Uh, so, but at Life Center, I'm the We kid. love that about we you, though. We do. There's a lot of tears. But it's okay because it's when I'm happy, when I'm sad, when mm-hmm. I'm, you can't really gauge anything. And I just love to make people uncomfortable who don't like vulnerability. It's fine. Um, no, but at Life Center, I'm the communications director. So I'm in charge of like all things creative. Um, so yeah, from graphic design, like photography, videography, cool projects, website, all of which I really didn't know anything about when I started. But God is cool. And Pastor Lori is interesting choosing to hire me. But here I am. Uh, and I love my job. I'm married to a violinist, which is super fun. I think I might have mentioned that last time, but an uh, amazing, amazingest, oh, like the so also the good. greatest human. And I'm not even like just being sappy. Like I actually it used to make me jealous how great he was, and I'm like, but what about me? Because I'm the youngest child. Uh, <laughs> but then I came to realize that I'm like, no, he's just great, and I'm very lucky to have him. Aww. So that's kind of what my life's about, I guess. Well, that's so beautiful. I hang out with my friends too. I swear. <laughs> So, Hannah, what are you sensing that God is doing in your life right now? What's God speaking to you about these days? How, how is he moving in your life? That's a very loaded question. Oh, I know. I love that. I know. Um, it honestly is summarized into, like, the word freedom. And it's been the last couple of months. And it's definitely something that I feel in the church and in, like, all my friend circles and just all of this stuff. And, and you probably have heard um, Lori talk about it as well. And Rhonda, too, just about, like, being aware of what you're partnering with that's actually not from God. And it's just been on this journey of God highlighting different things that I'm like, wow. And I guess I should let people know, because they'll probably know, that I'm actually pregnant. (gasps) Official podcast announcement. Very exciting. It ties into everything. So, Um, But it's been such a crazy season, because I'm just coming to the end of the first trimester. And I feel like I had it easy enough, but it definitely was not easy. It was definitely very hard. Um, But it was so cool how two factors one, how I was so thrown out of my normal routine from being sick every morning and from being so freaking tired. And also morning sickness is not morning sickness. It is all day sickness, but that's fine. <laughs> not bitter. It's whatever. But uh, I like my normal getting up, like journaling for whatever time and reading my Bible, like all that honestly makes me sound like a terrible like Christian, but thrown out the window. Right. Like it was just, it wasn't until recently that I was able to start like implementing that routine um but in this time where like normally when I followed my disciplines like I find myself feeling distant from God like God was so gracious and understanding the season because he started just moving in any other way he could like in conversations with people it was just like a new depth as we talked about God and just the way he would speak to me and just the way that he was talking to me through prayer and just other aspects I was just blown away and uh, a big thing was just freedom and he just in this Mm. season kept one revealing to me what I was talking about earlier just how how he wants to actually just bless me and bestow his love on me and I'm like this is very uncomfortable but because I couldn't do anything else but lie on the couch uh he was like well let's work on this (laughs) and it was great uh but as well I think for me, I know I've talked about it previously on the other podcast that I did just about our loss and the miscarriage. It's it's been such a very, very, very challenging journey of recognizing what I'm choosing to partner with. And there was a moment where I was wrestling so much and I even, I even said, 
Oh, I know we can edit and cut things, so I'm going to pull this out. There's actually something that I wrote, mm-hmm. if that's okay with you, that yeah. I didn't even expect to share. But um, God just made me very, very aware that I... Let me find it. So sorry. No, I love when you write stuff, Hannah. Yeah, There's so many so things good. you so have good. just shared in staff meetings or during prayer times that yep. have been so impactful mm-hmm. you guys were so kind oh I, it's beautiful it's no, beautiful it, it flows it from you and the spoken neat. word it's so cool the way that god speaks to you too mm-hmm. and that's that's a thing too while i haven't yeah. been good at uh, my bible reading and stuff like that disciplines that i feel like are important it's like through writing through different any medium he can use he's speaking mm-hmm. and so he just made me so aware um that i was choosing to partner with the reality of death because death is a reality like loss is something that happens um, more than i was willing to partner and trust him and his ability to create and sustain life and it wasn't until like this week that i was like this is a miraculous thing Mm, and my god is the god of miracles so why am i not trusting him to do all the things uh because if i was honest i was trusting statistics i was trusting like people's stories on forums like it was crazy how much i was filling my mind and he just brought me through a journey of being like you need to trust me and so one day with many tears (laughs) i wrote this um and i just called it in the desert it's not fully finished but if it's okay i'm just gonna share it we would love that beautiful so if all is well if everything goes as planned if this is my future, if became a comfortable companion as I skirted around the possibility that my growing belly, annoying nausea, and soul-crushing aversion to coffee, very (laughs) (laughs) soul-crushing, meant I was having a baby, another baby after losing my first only months before, if was all I was willing to depend on because hope felt naive, belief felt immature, and trusting a future that could literally slip through my fingers at any moment, it was utterly reckless. My mind understood the statistics. It understood my need to trust a God bigger than myself to do what he does best, create and sustain life. But every day my heart wrestled with just how far I keep myself detached so I can somehow survive another miscarriage. My heart seemed louder than logic and my mind every single day. It reminded me of the hour spent in the fetal position, sobbing from a place so deep I thought I'd never be able to come up for air again. Grief, a grief so thick that it tainted every connection and understanding I had of pregnancy. And ironically, the hope I found naive and the belief I found immature were fused together in a bond of trust with my experience. An experience told me that miscarriage is my story, and this will be another chapter in that book. It sounds so morbid, (laughs) but these are words, thoughts, and feelings I haven't spoken for the past three months. The silent killer holding excitement and joy back in a season with the perfect soil for them. It leaves me in moments like now, sobbing in bed, reading the story of a woman who knew the same dread and anxiety of pregnancy after loss. I feel validated and known, but also terrified. What if? What if there is no heartbeat? What if the baby passed away? What if my womb is tainted by death? I cringe knowing I'm partnering with death more than Christ, the one who conquered death. And to be honest, I struggle to reason my heart into trusting and hoping and believing, but my heart doesn't control my will. And in this moment, I have to make a choice. Although it will be imperfect and very messy, I have to make the choice to choose life over experience, over statistics, over death. When the what ifs of death take root, I choose life. I choose to ask, what if the baby is perfectly healthy? What if he or she has Joey's eyes? What if she is the first one to first, sorry, what if she is the first one we bring into this world that will call us mom and dad? What if? Because God didn't bring the Israelites into the desert to die, and he isn't in the business of leading me into the valley of death and leaving me there. 
So wow. that's Beautiful. just something I wrote. That, that's that also a segue that we didn't expect. <laughs> no, no, it's so, but. so beautiful. But it reminds me there was a line in there that you talked about experience. And mm. uh, we had a prayer time as a staff recently, and the Lord kind of prompted a word. Do you remember yeah. that word? Because I, I think that was really powerful and relevant yeah. to to anybody yep. who has literally partnered with experience over, do you want to maybe unpack yeah. that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much summarized in the fact that God just convicted my heart that I was trusting my experience more than I was trusting him. Um, and I think we do it all the time because really our experience shapes so much of us. Like how, what you experience when you're younger, what you experience in your everyday, like that's how you view your future. That's how you view your, um, your sorry <laughs> that's how you view your future that's how you view your present that's how you view who you are who others are and it's just it's so funny because I'm like I wonder how much we are not receiving the abundance that God has for us because we're partnering with our experience over partnering with Christ and all he has for us so even you speaking about experience I was just sharing with Laura yesterday that I feel that even coming into this year, the experiences we've had definitely can shape us and how exactly that exactly can stop us from, there was one line you said, be a silent killer. It could be a silent killer yeah. of the abundance of what God wants to do. Yeah. But even experiences we haven't had, can we can rely on the fact that we don't have experiences Good. versus relying on the experience of God. And instead of, you know, we can shrink back because we haven't experienced that before. Say, oh my goodness, I'm not qualified. I'm not able to do that. <laughs> that has nothing to do with you, actually. So this has to do with God. And he goes before. He has already had all the experiences that we need. So we're relying on Christ, even for experiences we haven't had, that God is asking us to lean into. So I just even as you're saying that, I love that because that is the silent killer. Mm -hmm. And that's us. When yes. we get in the way yes. of God and we put ourselves yeah. in front of God instead of being obedient and submissive to what God's asking us to do and trusting God, that's pride, yeah. is trusting say, God, you're big enough. I trust you. Yeah. I don't have the experience. That's okay. I've had this experience. That's okay. I trust that this is who you are and you're leading me. Yeah. It's so, so, so true. Powerful. And that, that other piece that you talked about, even just in that word about life and death, the power of life and death. And even over, I think what God's been speaking to me about over and over and over and over again, it really is. Do you want to choose life? Do you want to mm -hmm. choose to partner with life, the life I came to give, the abundant life I came to give, and all that comes with that, which is all the goodness that we want to live with. Like it's it's the life every human being is seeking after. Or do you want to partner with death? Do you want to partner with the things that will bring about death or you know, sometimes death seems like a really harsh or extreme word, but really it's just no life. There's no life in these other choices that we make. And God literally gives us the opportunity to make that choice, right? We're going to take a little break from the podcast with an exciting announcement. Well, our first set of dates for Heart Conference are sold out. March 6th and 7th, we've sold out, Rhonda. That is amazing. Oh, I am so excited. Amazing. But if you missed your chance to get a ticket, 
We're launching a second set of dates. Oh my goodness. I know. I love this. I do too. It's going to be available for Thursday, March 5th, starting at 7.30 p.m., running into Friday, March 6th from 9 to 4.30 p.m. Conference is $89 and tickets are available at heartconference.ca. Ladies, this is your chance. If you missed out on the first set of dates, grab your tickets. It's going to be life-changing. The second set of dates is actually really ideal. If you are retired, if you are a stay-at-home mom with school-aged children, by the time your kids are getting home from school, you'll be done. If you even have just lots of commitments on the weekends, or if you have the ability to take a day off work, you can have your weekend still free and get this incredible transformation. Oh yeah, Deuteronomy 30 is like, I'm sitting on that one I right know, now. I know, me too. I'm actually resting in this Deuteronomy 30. It's so, so profound. It's literally called the choice of yeah. life and death. It's it's so powerful. That opening statement, have you not ever read that before? Oh, I don't know how I... For this commandment that yeah. I command to you today is not too hard for you. It's not too hard for you. How often do we actually feel like, I can't do this. I can't, it's this, it's too hard. I can't live like this. No, it's not even supposed to be something we're supposed to do in our own strength. That's the point. That's why we need a savior. It's not too hard for you. Neither is it far off. Neither is it far off. The word is very near to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you can do it. And then it says, see, this is Deuteronomy 30. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. Like you have a choice. You have a choice what you want to choose. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I've commanded you today. And it says exactly how to do that by loving the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by keeping his commands. It tells you exactly how you can do it. I find it so, so good. Then you shall live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering in to take possession of it. I just find it so powerful because obviously now he's speaking to the children of Israel and they're actually going somewhere physical. But for us now, this is this is spiritual. It's it's supernatural ground that we're taking in our lives. It's things that we get to possess that they belong to God, but they belong to us and we can possess them completely, right? It's not its not necessarily geographical, but it is supernatural. There's a supernatural possession that we get to take of the things that God has given us. And it is so powerful. And obviously we have the choice. We have the choice. And I, I just, I find it too. Ron, I'm, I'm, you know, you read that in prayer and I, I can't, I, I can't shake it either. It's so, it's so powerful. There's such, such truth in that. And like the word is near to you for Sorry, how to live. No, it's near to you. Like it's on in your mouth. Like he's already said, it's in your mouth, the power of the spoken word. And I've already written it on your heart. Mm. Like he's already given us what yeah. we need. We have the word of God yeah. to declare. We have life to declare in our mouth. And he's already put the Holy Spirit as a deposit in our spirit. We have everything we need for life to choose life. Oh, I, I know this is, this is how we live life. In the fullness of God, right there. That's right. And what's so crazy that God's been hitting me with bringing back to the experiencing. This is what God is doing in our church. Like it's so funny because personally, the things I have been reading when I've been feeling better has actually I've read that verse, and that's been something that came up before we even talked about it. And I'm like, clearly He's doing something. But what is nuts is like this is something He's saying before He's bringing His people into the promised land. But when you get to the point right before the promised land, there's the 12 spies that are sent in. And then, you know, there's there's the ones that come back and they, they're talking about their experience. They're talking about the fact 
fact that they're like, oh, we're like grasshoppers in the eyes of these giants in our own eyes. And they're fearful because of their experience. But they're Mm. not putting their trust in the God who has taken them out of Egypt, the God who has sustained them to this point, the God who has already promised the promised land. And again, we're talking about a story and geographical stuff. But when it comes down to like who our God is, so often we allow our experience to taint our eyes and where God's taking us. And if we do that, it's like then we miss out just like Israel did. Totally. They doubted and then they missed out on getting to be in the promised land. And so it's not this like this slap on the wrist like you have to think positively and you have to do this and that it's like no in this journey of god making you aware of things you're partnering with it's wild because he's also in that place you realize not just say if it's i'm partnering with um insecurity over actually just trusting in who god says i am like that journey it's not just like the insecurity piece that i'm all of a sudden working on and aware of but then god starts to bring up different lies that i believe that are tied to that insecurity or lies that i believe about him that don't allow me to like walk free from that insecurity and there's just such a healing process and that's why i believe freedom and healing is just such a major just umbrella topic of what god's doing right now and i'm stoked to the end oh (laughs) I love this. So, so good. I know the other day I was reading in Ephesians 2, and it literally uses that word partner. There was like a list of all these things that were not to partake in sexual immorality, impurity, covetedness, being idolaters. And then it literally says, therefore, do not become partners with them. Like, I I, I was like, right, totally. I just like, I just love it. Right. And, and, And we're in a season two, just that the word of God is just jumping off the page like it's just so alive and so real and so confirming and so uplifting it's ah i love it i have a question for you guys because i think of different listeners like this is language that we are now using constantly but if you're listening to this for the first time and you haven't heard it how would you just explain what it what we mean when we say partnering with i know it's kind of straightforward but still it's weird language Mm -hmm. so would one of Mm -hmm. you want to kind of explain that Mm mm-hmm Well, I think it's exactly what we were just saying, like what we are choosing to allow to be on our hearts and in our mouth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The truth of your circumstance can be the truth of your circumstance. We're not talking about... Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Spiritualizing what you're going through. Or not being honest about something's hard or something's difficult. But I think it it touches your thoughts. Exactly. It touches your actions. Mm -hmm. It touches your words. So that like those are three really, really big pieces. And I think it touches like what's in your heart, what you believe. So I think these partners touch all of those things. So first of all, what are you partnering with? What are you thinking about? What are you dwelling on? What are you allowing your mind to dwell on? And is it true? Like ultimately, is it true? Is, does it have truth that comes from God? Now, it might be true, small t, true your reality it mm-hmm. might be your reality but is it tr- capital t truth that's right yeah. that comes from god is it is it what you are to believe right and and like you said about your situation your the truth is you were pregnant and had a miscarriage yeah. that's true yeah that is part of your story yeah. right but the capital t truth is that god is a god of life mm-hmm. And so you can actually trust him, mm-hmm. even though, even though, yes, you had an experience and have had to walk through the pain of that and the healing of that. Yeah. But 
the capital T truth is that God is a God of life. And so you can choose to believe that he is, or you can choose to believe that he's not, but what is the result of that experience going to be for you? you know, sure, based sure. on that truth. So yeah, even if like the lowercase T, if I were, if I were to just believe, even what I wrote that if I partner with the idea that like I am destined to like miscarry, which I know yeah. sounds so dramatic, but in the moment, yeah. that's how it feels. And every single step and anyone who has a similar story knows every single step of a new pregnancy after loss. It just like, it's always questions and mm-hmm. always wondering, mm-hmm. but then I, I would just be so fearful all the time. And I would just be so overwhelmed all the time. And that's not how I want to live the next nine months. And that's not how I want to live the next 18 years because I'm realizing I'm very naive. I don't have any kids yet, but once they come out, it's just still out of your hands. Like it is a greatest gift you can receive, but you got to give it right back to him. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to already start that, that partnership of trust with him uh, over just fear and all the gross things that would be so to live with every single day. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting, even just as a specific example, but you know, if you and Matt, like if you were to not either accept or be happy or be filled with joy about this pregnancy out of fear of possibly losing it, would that make a loss any less painful? No, no, it wouldn't. The reality is that we actually can't protect ourselves Mm -hmm. from the pain that comes in this world. Yet we set up all of these protective measures, emotionally protective measures, you know, or we don't put ourselves or we don't fully receive or we don't fully embrace a moment or we don't fully embrace a relationship out of protection. But does that make the rejection, the pain, the loss any less painful? Never. No, it doesn't. That is it so good, it. Laura. That is so, so good. Yeah. I'm even picturing for those that are listening, you know, you're thinking, what does that look like? And if some of you are visual, even as you're talking, I'm like, picture yourself walking down a path, a journey, and your circumstance is your circumstance. Like we're saying, there's yeah. those small T's. They happen. Yeah. All different levels. Oh, That's yeah. a reality. Yes. But in that moment, who are the companions you are choosing to partner with? Is it unforgiveness, bitterness, fear, death? Those are partners. Those are guides that are walking with you. Are those God's guides? Are those according to the truth of scripture of what God is? If they're not, kick them off your path and accept the guides that God's given yeah. you of goodness, of peace, of joy, yeah. of security, of yeah. confidence, of boldness. You can actually visually say in that moment, I may not feel this right now, mm-hmm. but I verbally say choose I choose I will not partner with fear in this moment and God I choose to partner with life you can visually see that and speak it out and speak it out in the name of Jesus the power of your spoken word even if you don't feel it that's right you can continually speak those words over your situation Mm -hmm. and choose the guides choose Mm -hmm. to partner yeah and I mean that in a very like visual illustrated way yeah but um just choose that yeah and for me in this season, like as I'm walking this journey out, for me, repentance is a huge part mm-hmm. of it. Like that, and, and the way that the partner leaves, the par- the ungodly partner leaves is through repentance for me. Like yes. I can't just, yes, I can't just so will it for, for like for me as I'm walking out, I can't just will it. I can't just, just say it. I, I actually have to repent for bringing something that's not from God, that doesn't mm-hmm. come from him mm-hmm. with me, for choosing to bring that along, for choosing to, you know, allow those thoughts in my mind, for choosing to act on those partners. I, I, I literally take a moment and I, I repent 
you know, before That's the good. Lord yeah. for, for bringing those, for bringing those on, mm-hmm. um, on, on his path, yeah. on my path with him. Right. They're, they're not a part of him. That's like the only way yes. to be honest. Yeah. Like I think like, yeah. it's not just they, a they do leave. Thing. They yeah. leave. Yeah. I think, and even just the tenderness and the heart of God, like once you come to a realization that you're like, Oh, I've, I've been partnering with this thing that's actually been making my life like meh, miserable, it, <laughs> absolutely miserable when like it could be so much more. And when I could have all of the stuff that God talks about in scripture, I think there's just like a moment of like, man, like God, I'm so sorry. Like I'm actually, and it's not even out of like, it's not religious duty. It's nothing like that. It's just like, I'm actually so sorry that you've had this gift for me. Like literally you were standing there with a gift in your hand of say joy when I'm choosing to partner with fear and I've just ignored it and, and not even ignored it just been unaware of it and like I am so so sorry that I wrap myself in the blanket of fear when you have this beautiful gift of the blanket of joy or whatever illustration you want to use but um it's I think it's truly the only way and it's a beautiful thing because it brings you into a depth with God to be like actually this is what God wants for us what mm-hmm. it's just amazing it's it i can't is. my mind is blown <laughs> it is it's so good it's so good i love that well you know it's um as i think about you coming on to be a part of our team i um remember so at the time when you came on it was you've been a part of our team for about a year and a half now officially mm-hmm. uh you moved here from bc yes. and i remember we were without a media person for I think like a year almost a year. So there was, there was nobody in that role for a year. We were just kind of barely maintaining, you know, (laughs) everybody who had any skill in that way kind of put in their, their effort and energy to try to keep things going. And so, you know, we were looking forward to finally having someone come and come in that role. And I think one of the things that um, none of us expected or maybe even really thought much about because that's a much more of an administrative role, right? Like you're at your computer, you know, you're working on, you know, communicating the heart and vision to other people through social media, through web, through design, through all of those things. And so, you know, a lot of what you have to do, you you know, you sit at your computer, you came as a a photographer, um, was your background. And so you're bringing in kind of that eye for photography and, and, and beautiful, all of that goodness. But as you came in, it was quickly evident that there was just so much more in you than just, you know, not that, not that, that there's anything wrong with it. I'm not trying to say just, you know, communications or graphic design. That's a wonderful skill to bring. But there was, you know, so much just heart for Jesus, pastoral, and even just a beautiful boldness, a prophetic uh, gifting. Um, you know, I remember in the right in the early stages, you know, and we're in prayer and you're saying, um, I know I'm new, but, and you know, can <laughs> oh, yeah, I, we can love I just, it, you know, just loving oh, just yeah. your, your heart and your boldness and, Um, it's been, it's been incredible. So what's, what's that been like for you to take a job in a church in full-time ministry, but that was much more of a kind of a technical administrative role. And then to kind of have those pastoral parts awakened. And then how do you navigate doing a kind of a technical job with your heart for Jesus, your heart to pastor people, your heart to, you know, just communicate God's love to people. How do you, how do you navigate all that? Well, that's like, that's kind of a loaded, I know, I know, I know. Here's my essay. Um, I actually think God's doing such a cool thing even in this moment because I think it actually comes back down to partnering with things. So I'm going to be talking about that a lot in that I'm just blown away right now. 
But I have a very clear memory of being in Tofino, BC, which is like a, it's a beach that we were on there right on the ocean. And it was right after I graduated Bible college. And I, my photography business had already like blown up by that point. So I was full time that summer and we had one weekend to go away with friends off. And, uh, I remember our friends and Joey were like around a fire playing worship music and I'm very type four Enneagram. So I was like walking along the water and having just a moment with God, but also just like, I was so lost in that season of life. And like I had just graduated Bible college and I had no desire to be in ministry because I was, I just felt so inadequate and I felt so fearful and it's, I didn't realize it until later on that like those were things that I had partnered with in, in my reality. And I don't think God could have got me in ministry if he didn't <laughs> be sneaky about it and get me a position that had to do with like giftings that I was like, oh yeah, like photography. Like that's the only thing I feel like I have to give. Like, okay. Um, and I was just so distant from him because my experience, my Bible college was great. Like honestly great. But I went in as somebody who, since I was a little girl, was very in tune with Holy Spirit's voice. And it was not abnormal to me. It was like I was in high school, like giving people words and like all these things. And I definitely needed some like polishing and learning how to do that properly. But like, it was such a natural thing to walk out in prophetic giftings, words of knowledge, like all those things that you read about in scripture. Um, my theology was terrible. I thought Paul was one of the 12 disciples. So I really <laughs> needed Bible college. Uh, no shame though. If you're in the same boat, I'll just let you know. Uh, spoiler alert. He's not. Um, <laughs> But so Bible college is great for like helping me with the theology piece, but very quickly, it's a, it's a grouping of people that come from all different backgrounds and people did not understand, especially my close circle in my first year did not understand and feel comfortable with just how I was as somebody who was so in tune with Holy Spirit. And I even had someone in leadership, like tell me that like I over-spiritualize things. And honestly, it hasn't been until the last couple of weeks that the exact God brought back that memory and about like what it was that she was saying I over-spiritualized and trust me I'm sure there are many moments that I have over-spiritualized for sure but he brought me back to that moment and made it so clear because some type of like dream I had that left me just like broken like absolutely like in tears in the morning like so broken and when I told her she just said like oh I just think that you over-spiritualize things and I was like oh okay but then it took me like years like six years later it shut it shut something down it shut mm. something down for sure yeah um not six years or eight years later I God speaking to me and he's like that's actually a huge part of your gifting because one wow. of my top spiritual giftings is mercy and so there's certain situations whether it's through dreams pictures through talking to people that I'm I can literally feel someone's experience without going through it and and not fully understand of course but be able to walk with them and uh and I just can't believe, like, seeing then and now being like, there was eight years almost that I, I shut those things down because I thought I was wrong. Wow. And it's just nuts. And so fast forwarding to, like, that trip in Tofino after graduation, I was like, okay, photography is it. Awesome. And God is a God of redemption. God is a God of so much. And then all of a sudden, I got the job at Life Center when I never anticipated ever moving back to Ottawa, ever. But God works great. Um, and when I first started, like even the moment you just mentioned in prayer, that was a huge moment for me because I didn't remember that I had those giftings in me. I didn't know that I like come alive when I get to be with people and pastor them and talk to them and and just talk about Jesus with them. And uh, if it wasn't for the opportunity that I've been given, like it's just been thing after thing that you guys are like, we see this in you, run for it, go for it. Like I don't think, 
I would be able to be where I am. So that's something I'm also grateful for, going to the beginning of our conversation. Um, again, I told you it's a 17-parter, so I hope you're still here. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the final piece I would just say is it definitely is, now that I'm a year and a half into this role, it can be a struggle. And trying to navigate how much of that I get to play into and I'm given so many extra opportunities but they're also extra opportunities beyond my role totally so it's it's very interesting to navigate that and even in a meeting with you Lori I know that you said to me you're like really this role doesn't actually touch many of your giftings and I'm like not that I suck at my role I promise I'm good at my role <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's not stuff that makes me necessarily like come alive like I yeah. love being creative yeah. um but I have to will myself to like inspire myself to be like yay creatives Jesus when in reality there's so many other things that make me come alive but also I, God put me here so I'm gonna be faithful and I'm very happy totally <laughs> and uh totally yeah, I hope that answers the question yeah no definitely definitely I think that's I think that's so great has there ever been a time for you Rhonda in ministry where you know you were maybe doing something that wasn't completely in your gifting but kind of opened the door for another aspect of, you know, God to move in your life or another gifting or developed you in a certain way? Yeah, I think we all have that in ministry. Sometimes when people look at ministry positions, yeah. definitely, like we're in sweet spots where we feel like yeah. we've really, yeah, yeah, yeah. but when you're starting a ministry, yeah. you're kind of figuring it out too. Oh, for sure. And there's for a sure. lot of giftings that are awakened or not awakened, or you just have to learn a natural skill. Right. That is not something that's maybe natural right. that you have to be right. disciplined in to learn. Right. But I would definitely say, I think... <laughs> well, it wasn't in full-time ministry at Life Center, but when I was in full-time ministry at the school, yes, as a teacher, right, I was a terrible teacher, like <laughs> terrible. I just wanted to have fun because I could not stand the monotony of teaching, oh, no. and it made me crazy. And oh, like funny. wiping so many little noses, and I love children, but doing that all day, knowing when I was even going to pee, like literally hour by hour doing like Groundhog's Day, the same thing made me crazy. But you know, in those moments, because people listening, not everyone can change their occupation where True. they're at. True. But there is an ability, like even what you're saying, Hannah, I think it's so important. Know your spiritual gifting. Like if you don't know how to do that, we've got lots of resources at Life Center to help you. And I'm sure we'll post somewhere some places for you to go and learn more about it. But carve out places. You can carve out. Because yes. even listening for you, Hannah, like when you came in, how God has used that, first off, you're incredible at what you do and the Thank creative you. side. We just want to give you little props. I love but affirmation. As well, you can carve out in your job and in your life those moments. But if you're in something that's really not your gifting, you won't probably be able to do it for a long, long time without maybe yeah. having to make some changes, yeah. I, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think sure. if you're really sure. in something yeah. that is not you, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, sure. But but know. most jobs have an element of people involved in them, right? And yeah. so you can find meaning. You yeah. can, That's like God exactly. can give you meaning in anything, in any really. menial, menial task. God yeah. can give you meaning in the midst yes. of it. And really, he does that supernaturally, really. Yeah. The, the, it doesn't make sense, you know, when you think of some different jobs or roles, but God can make meaning out of it. You know, yeah. for me, again, like administration is not my favorite thing at all. I mean, I'm an or somewhat of an organized person so I can get by but I I actually hate it like it like it drains life out of me <laughs> but you know what I, 
sometimes God gives me this like vision in the midst of administration about how it serves people. And mm-hmm. then I can do it mm-hmm. with gusto, like then because it has meaning and it has a vision behind it. And so in that way, you know, but we all have aspects to our job that are not our favorite. Every, oh, that's a for normal, sure. You know, that's a normal part of life. But I think it was just, it's been an interesting journey to watch you, you know, over the last year and a half come in, in a specific role, but then just to watch, you know, just all of these giftings, mm-hmm. just, awaken reawaken just be fanned just be and you know it's been it's been incredible like it has really been uh, for such a time as this moment yes. like for you being part of our team for what God's doing in this season and you know it has yeah like we're we're so thankful to the Lord and oh, little yes. did we know little did we know yeah. in that moment um you know what that was going to be um I remember when you, uh, when I read your resume, I, I I only got sent your resume. So like, you know, I, you weren't my hire specifically. So I got sent a resume and I read it and I read through the whole thing. And I saw this little bullet in the side, like on a sidebar. And it said, I have a dream to start a girls conference across Canada. And I was like, oh, we need to hire her. I, I don't know why, but we need to hire her. I love her. I didn't Isn't even that so neat. Oh my goodness! I didn't care about anything else. And then wow. we had recently met um, one of your references. Uh, Rhonda and I actually yeah. had recently met one of your references. So I gave her a call right away, and I was like, Who is "Also um, going to okay. be our speaker at her conference." Yes, which is totally, crazy. totally, totally. Throw that in. Sorry, continue your story. Yes. So yeah. So anyways, gave her a quick call right away, and I was like. Oh, who is this? And this is so cool. And what are the chances that we just met her? She's on your resume. I, I, I didn't know you. I'd never met you. I know you're from the Ottawa area, but I'd never heard of you or met you. And anyways, just loved it. Loved that God connection, how God put it all together. So heart for girls. Where did that come from? That's a great question. Where, where, like, where does that, like, that's kind of a, I mean, you're a young girl, you're yep. in your early twenties. Like, where do you get a dream like that? Yeah, um, Jesus. I know. Uh, that's Well, I will say first before I dive in that that resume that you got to see took me like literally 12 to 14 hours because I wasn't a graphic designer. And so um, for anyone who feels inadequate in life and roles, know that God can do anything because now my role is it was 90% pretty. graphic. Thank you. It was pretty. It took me forever. You but you know job. what? God, he's great. He he will make a way for you. Anyway, side note, going back to what you actually asked me. Um, I just remember since I was like 16, like, I don't know. I don't know when, I don't know what it was. I just, <laughs> I just remember like that was my passion. And I think a big thing was like, I was a teenager. And mm-hmm. so my world was teenagers. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, Oh, like how can I impact other teenagers? And actually it's so crazy how God will use any gifting. And speaking of jobs that like you might feel a little bit stuck in, I like, no, I love my job. I don't feel stuck. But <laughs> for those of you who are like, that's awesome that you guys get to like have a space to do your spiritual giftings or whatever. I don't like when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. I remember I would do abs. I'd find any way I could to use what I had. And I actually 
create like a Flickr, which is some social platform where I would write and like do photography. And I combine these gifts. And I even a couple of years ago in California, somebody recognized me from my teenage Flickr, which was like nuts. Also very embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) But like it was just so crazy. I was so desperate to use any platform I could. And I had so many young girls that would reach out to me through this platform. And I'd spend hours and hours messaging them and helping them through like life things. And I think that's really what stirred it up. Um, yeah. And it's, yes, I think that's where it began. And the coolest thing with this dream that got put on my heart is it's something that I, I always felt. And even actually when I was in that time that I just explained to you guys in Tofino, um, doing like full-time wedding photography, a couple years after when God made it very clear, he's like, you're supposed to stop. And I'm like, cool. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life and my career. This is before like life center popped up. Um, I remember telling people when I announced that I wasn't doing photography anymore that like a big part of it was that I I wanted to pursue this dream. But if I'm honest with you, I think I was just terrified of the unknown. And so I was using this dream that I've always had in the back of my heart as uh, just something to like throw out there and be like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. But like, <laughs> like it's so noble. Look at me. Uh, but if I'm honest, I, I really was like, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. I had the honor of like speaking at different like teen girl conferences and like helping like plan stuff. And like God would sprinkle little bits and made it very clear this is what you're intended to do. But I was like waiting. And I'm like, what's happening? Um, and it wasn't until after heart conference, like after the fact, that I remember going home and Joey and I were sitting in our living room and we like, we're so dead because like it was a lot of energy, but we were so filled with just what God did. And we just couldn't like, I remember just feeling God's presence so thick that I'm like, we just, we need to pray. And we just like spent time like late at night praying. But then God spoke to me so clearly. And he's like, you literally just walked out your dream. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I love this story so much because I didn't set any goals. And I'm not saying like, don't try in life, but <laughs> don't be a goal setter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But in the culture of like hustle and set goals and do this and that, like I didn't set goals. I didn't strive after it. I wasn't planning to be here. All I was was obedient to God when he called me. And when he said, give up your photography business, I said, okay. And then when he said, move to Ottawa, I said, okay. And even going to a position that I didn't feel qualified for every single piece of it. Like it is such a God story of how I even ended up here and a part of heart conference. And now I'm actually living out my dream literally just because of the simplicity of relationship with him and obedience, which is crazy to me. So cool. I I mean, before you came, right, we had never done a conference. We, we had started with a few women's events and I knew that eventually one day that the hope and the dream was to have some sort of a conference, but, but deep in my heart actually was to be able to take some sort of conference or women's experience across Canada. (laughs) And like, what are the chances that you had this same idea on your heart? I mean, I don't think a lot of people think like that. I mean, I don't think that's like a common dream. I don't think it's, you know what I mean? And so to see that, that I thought, oh, this is interesting. I wonder if there's a connection here. And also too, like for us at, um, like for anything we've ever done for women um, at Life Center, it's been about the generations of women. It's always been about bringing together every age, every generation of women. I mean, we're, Rhonda and I are both mothers of teenage daughters. And when we first started, they were young girls. Um, 
And it was always about doing it together. It was always about creating like an inclusive environment where their gifts are also fanned into flame, where they actually have a chance to be ministers uh, equally with, you know, women who are our age, your age and older and even senior, senior ladies, you know, and just that we, because we are all the body of Christ together and it's always been our heart to do that. And we've been able to accomplish that, which has created a really unique space. I mean, any women's ministry I ever saw growing up was with older women and even a lot of women's ministry that still takes place today in church and church circles is older women it's kind of that over 50 generation of women that are coming out to those type of events because moms are busy moms are you know all whatever whatever all the whys are but somehow we've been able to create something unique and create something different and and i ah I just love that you're... I was in the same boat where I never saw that model. And even uh, Joey and I on our honeymoon, another moment of God just sprinkling this, like, this is a dream on your heart. We were driving through, like, the prairies. And it was very, very hard when you're doing a cross-country traffic to get through the prairies, let me tell you. But (laughs) How many days? It was was so many days. (laughs) No, just the prairies felt like a year in itself. Um, No, love everybody from the prairies. Go you. But... I remember God saying to me very clearly, he's like, you are going to see a conference with teen girls and like, like daughters and their moms. Like that was the main thing. Like daughters right. and their moms right. that's across the country. And I literally was like, what? Like what, how would that work? Like having no idea. I had never seen a model of it because I was on the opposite side of the spectrum where I was seeing all the teen girl stuff, but wasn't seeing like the, the coming together of women and, and teen girls together and uh, to walk through Heart Conference and to see it just happen and to be in a place that just honors generations so much. I'm like, man, God, you are so much bigger than I could ever imagine. I love that, you know, and even circling back, Hannah, I love how you shared how when you were 16 years old, you just felt on your heart to do something that was a passion for you, a way of reaching out. And I think you know, sometimes we underestimate or make insignificant those things that we do. So even as pastors, what we do on a day, we do a lot of volunteer stuff too. Like people may think this is like we just do, it's not a job, it's our life. But a lot of what we do too is not really what is in our job portfolio. It's our passions that we do above and beyond. And I think in your own life, those that are listening, there are things that God has put on your heart to do. And I just want to speak life over that, that that is not insignificant. Those are significant spaces and places that God wants to birth dreams and birth just significance in the kingdom of God. And that can actually, it definitely can translate in what you do on an ongoing basis. But a lot of what people in the body of Christ, what they do on Sundays, what they do in life groups, leading and facilitating, those are above and beyond their jobs. This is their passion. And so much life fills them. So I just want to say there is significance in what we do, not just in what we do for, I want to say in quotes, a job, right? but what we do with our life and yes. what we do above and beyond. So, yes. And I think just to speak to the teenagers who I know listen, because you guys tell me about your daughters having like bubble baths and you can hear your voice. <laughs> Voices, which I think they is do. phenomenal. I they know, love it. So sweet. <laughs> I love that. Um, but to speak to the teenagers, like all of this started when I was faithful as like a 15, wow. 16 year old. And you don't need to, I can like literally feel God's presence so thick right now. But like, I just want to speak to you and say, you do not need to wait till you graduate. You do not need to wait till you're in college. You don't need to wait till you're done college. You don't even need to wait till you're done grade nine. Like God can use you in so many powerful ways today. And even if you're looking at your hands and you're like, whoa, like I feel like I have nothing to offer. 
ask him, ask him for one simple step you can take, like listen, because he will guide you and he will make it clear. And uh, I wouldn't be where I am today if I, if I didn't have that moment with him as a teenager and step out. So yeah, teenagers, you rock. You Ooh. do. Oh, I love it. Yeah, and I love the amazing. power of stating a dream too, mm. I, because even for me, you know, I, I I've had a hard time saying my dreams out loud because somehow I felt if I said it out loud and I didn't, it didn't happen that, that, that meant, I don't know, I was wrong. I failed. I don't know something, something. So I always kept all of my dreams so close to my heart, but I think there's power in literally just putting it out there, just putting it out there, put it on your resume. Who knows? Someone (laughs) might hire you just because they saw the bullet point. Uh, here we go. They're like, wow, that's inspiring. I (laughs) like her story. (laughs) You know, like you, you never know what God wants to do as you just kind of put yourself out there and put yourself out there into the world. I think it's so cool. All right. Let's talk for a minute about heart conference. We have heart (gasps) conference coming up. So exciting. um, And March, uh, fifth, sixth, our sixth and seventh uh, conference is sold out. Um, so March 5th and 6th, we have uh, some new dates available. Let's talk about what we're feeling. What are we sensing that God wants to do? Um, I know we're, you know, in the throngs of pulling it all together now. But, uh, but yeah, what are, you, what are you feeling? What are you sensing? Oh, boy. Oh. We're all looking at each other like, who wants to start? Oh. <laughs> Go so talking already. So no, we love it. Go for it, Hannah. Okay, I'll be Jump quick because I actually know. Yes, yeah. I'm going to pull in a biblical story, and we've talked about yeah. this and you've heard me say it, but again, it comes back to the beginning of our conversation. I really, really, really feel like God wants to do a fresh act of freedom mm-hmm. and healing, mm-hmm. and I he, he just keeps bringing up the story in Luke 8 of the woman with the bleeding condition. And just, I'll summarize, I'll be super brief. It's nuts, guys. Um, I'll encourage you to check out Christine Kane's sermon. You can find it on YouTube on this story because she just goes in depth and does an incredible job. But ultimately, like, it's a couple verses that you read and you're like, cool, great. But when you unpack it, it's nuts because this woman, not only is she ha- does she have a condition that would affect her entire life and just her physical body, but it actually affects her state in society. And who she's viewed as she's viewed as unclean she would have like not hugged somebody for like 12 years like imagine that and uh she she hears about jesus and she goes and she touches jesus's garment and if you know the story she's healed and she's like walking away and she must have been so eager to get away and then jesus says like who touched me and has this moment of like calling her out and she has to like bravely like turn around and be like it was me and i can only imagine the gasp of the crowd when they realized it was her because for her she probably had herself covered and cloaked because for her to like be bumping into people and touching them like at best she could be humiliated for the fact that she's like out and about and doing that but like at worst she could be stoned for making other people unclean in that society and uh jesus is just so great because part of him calling her out and part of him making her publicly address herself is so that he can just like reinstate her identity by saying like like daughter your faith has made you well and so the reason i share the story is because i really feel for heart conference is you might be coming in with stuff that you know you want healing for that's kind of on the surface just like the woman she knew she had the bleeding condition she knew she needed healing and she got it 
But my heart and my hope is that people will be open to the deeper inner healing that like God wants to do in that space because you how often do we get two days to come together as women and be real and be honest and have amazing sermons and and moments and worship to just like actually press into God and I just feel like he wants to go deeper just like he did with that woman he wants to actually pull out the stuff we've been partnering with and and pull up the pain that we've been holding on to the dreams that we've had close to our heart that we won't speak and he just wants to like set things free just set them free and then also bring healing and I believe people will be like a completely brand new person because you can't like you can't walk away touched by God not the same yeah like you can't so. that is that's a really really powerful story and I think you're exactly Beautiful. right it's like it's not just the things you know you need to be healed from but God wants to actually reestablish identity yeah. your identity your worth your position in his kingdom your position as his mm-hmm. daughter he wants to do that and I and I feel like too like what just keeps coming around and around and around is this idea of coming out of hiding. You know, we've called it, you know, ready or not, we've kind of played on this hide and seek um, idea being called seek. And I just sense that, you know, for a lot of us, there are either parts of us or all of us that is in hiding. There's dreams that are in hiding. There are parts of us that are in hiding. There's parts like the woman that we're ashamed of. There's parts that we think that if they come out or if they come up into the open, that it's actually going to cost us. We're going to be humiliated. It might cost us our job. It might cost us our relationship. It might cost us, but actually God wants to bring those things out of hiding in our lives. And for the sake of healing, for the sake of reestablishing our identity, reestablishing our position in him. It's not to humiliate us. It's not to. And and the reality is, depending on what we have in our lives, yes, can it be a difficult journey? Yeah, it can. And would it have been hard for her to actually say, um, and put her hand up in that moment and say, yeah, that was me? Yes, those are hard moments. Those are difficult. But what God wants to give you, what God wants to do in your life is so worth the risk that you need to take to come so out of hiding. And and I just think it's with everything. You know, when we went, um, you know, for ministry a couple of months ago, they talked about this word hiddenness, like being in hiddenness. And I hadn't really, although we were preparing to do this conference and I knew God wanted to bring us out of hiding, this word hiddenness took on this whole other meaning, even about all these things we've been talking about today, like the partners and the companions and all these things that we've been kind of carrying along in our journey in hiding. Like, like we don't even I think sometimes we don't even know they're there. We don't even realize they're there. There's like this, they're under a cloak of hiddenness and we've just accepted that this is the way it is. I think all that stuff, God wants to bring it up to the surface of our lives. I really believe it is going to be a weekend of transformation. I really believe that we are going to come out of this weekend and we're going to see things we've never been able to see before. I believe that literally out of our eyes, we may even in the natural see the world differently, see people differently. I mean, I really believe spiritually and supernaturally, absolutely, but it may even affect what we see in the natural. And so honestly, it's going to be, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be an incredible weekend. I feel exactly the same. Like I think there's such a tie in our spirits. There's a unity in what we're sensing God doing and we're all experiencing that. 
Like even as we're preparing, I feel like God's already doing that. Like it's happening. We're just like allowing God to do this. And I can't even imagine when all of us are together. And just, I don't want to re everything that you've said. I'm like, absolutely. I feel a hundred percent the same. And I do believe that people are going to experience the transformative power of being in the presence of God that in one moment can change your life, the freedom, the transformation, the breakthrough, that areas that just have held you back. I believe it's just going to be exactly that the God wants to break you through into freedom and uh, for what your destiny is because you are a beloved daughter of the king you have yes. authority and grace and love on you and god wants us to walk in that and so oh, we could go on and on here but yeah. i think we're all sensing that it's gonna be extremely profound because we're we're sensing that oh yeah like yeah. god is moving profoundly in our lives as we prepare mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's coming i remember at the end of last year's conference how well first of all like everything was incredible but like worship the last worship set was <laughs> nuts and if you were there you know exactly what i mean like the women were singing so loud and it was just so and like i i was trying to do pictures and do my job but i was like goosebumps everywhere just overcome by god's presence like it was so beautiful and when i went home I just like had a thought as I was talking to my husband and I was like, man, no wonder the enemy has kept women oppressed since practically the beginning of time. And I know it sounds very political, but bear with me because I'm like, there's something so powerful about the way that we are able to connect that is different yes. than men and the way that we're just so like, I know there's so many different types of women, so I'm not stereotyping at all, but I think we just have such a beautiful ability to connect with people and to connect with God. And it's just such like, oh, it's just nuts. Yeah. And I feel like if we unlock that, if we choose again, like, no, I don't want to be oppressed anymore. I don't yeah. want to be like hidden anymore. Like, I just want what God has for me. I can only imagine like having... 700 1400 even you yes, know like yes, if the other yes. conference completely sells out which god can 100 yes, do yes. like imagine 1400 women going back to their families their workplaces their friends their their whatever and just moved by this confidence of who they are in christ oh, like yeah. it will actually it will actually change the world like one it changes the world one step at yeah. a time yeah, yeah. it's yeah. amazing it's so true okay i have a little <gasps> secret too for any listeners who are coming to heart conference or if you haven't got your tickets yet you can get your tickets but i was talking with the prayer team i haven't even told you guys about this but i was literally like um praying over the weekend and i felt like the lord just dropped an idea on my heart of something that we could do at heart conference and i talked to the um our, our the head of our prayer teams this week to see if it would be doable so this is what i would love to do okay so I would love to, at our heart conference, have an opportunity for women to be able to sign up for one-on-one -on -one ministry. So we'll have a, a set amount of times and we'll have a set, of, we'll, we won't be able to do 700, but we could probably do a hundred at least wow. per conference where you could actually have one-on-one -on -one time to receive a prophetic word, to, to, to actually receive personal ministry from two of our prayer team members, to receive a personal word and inheritance scripture, personal encouragement. Wow. Wouldn't that oh, be amazing? So amazing? And what a beautiful what opportunity a, yeah. for, for women to just come and literally receive, yeah. like just 
just a gift. something from yeah. God, exactly a gift, you know, through some faithful uh, members of our prayer team. I, I, I was like, wow, is this doable? Like, yes, let's do this. I let's do it. this. It's going to take it. a little bit of organization, but yeah. So on the first night of our conference, we'll probably put out there maybe through text or whatever, right? You can sign up if you would like this. And the first, as many spots as we have is yeah. what we will, and we'll give you a time. And yeah, isn't that cool? I love it. Isn't oh, I love it. Love so it. Cool? And I, oh, I love that I'm it requires excited. you to take a step. Yes. It requires you to be like, okay, yes, I, want yes. I, I want this. I want this. Yeah. I want it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to the other 600. I want it. That's yeah. right. No, that's right. That's right. I yeah. need this. I need this because I know there's going to be a lot of women coming desperate for God to move in their life. Like I know, mm-hmm. I know they are. Mm-hmm. And I just want to speak to anybody who might be on the fence, who might be sensing or even feeling just something standing in the way of them wanting to come. Uh, I Just do it. Just do it. Just take a faith step. Just take a faith step and go. There is something that God has for you. And and I just encourage you, if there's something blocking or standing in your way, just push through that. Push through that. Take a step of faith. And um, we'd love to see you there. Yeah, love it. Can't wait. Can't wait. Ready or not, here, I, God comes and we're coming. Here, God comes. <laughs> I'm coming. That's so good. Ready or not. Oh, well, yeah. Hannah, thank it. you so much. Thanks, Hannah. Thank you for spending some time with us today and sharing a bit of your life and story and your heart. And uh, it's definitely been encouraging and uplifting. And I hope uh, you who have been listening have, you know, just received some nuggets today from this conversation. And as we go today, um, I just want to remind you that God has complete confidence in you. And that you are crowned with glory and love. Have a great day. Bye. We hope you enjoyed the podcast today. It would mean the world to us if you would subscribe and leave a review. You can follow us on Instagram at Awakening Moments Podcast. And you will find Lori and I at Lori Eitz Boucher and Rhonda.Corto. We'd love to connect with you.